It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. Hey, welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Yes, I'm Mary Walter sitting in with you again today. So excited to be here. Uh, We have a really good show planned for you. Coming up later this hour, Senator Rick Scott will be joining us. We're going to talk to him about infrastructure and also Congress missing the debt ceiling. You know, it's again, I say this all the time, not quite sure how they're always surprised by these deadlines and they always manage to miss them. And then they have to throw something together real quick and just pass it without reading it. So it seems to be the way we do things in Washington, D.C., which is just ridiculous. But we're going to start off here with Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. He's running uh, to be the governor of Texas. He is a senior fellow at the Media Research Center, former congressman in Florida uh, in the House from 2011 to 2013. And he also has a couple books. He also writes in his spare time, Hold Texas, Hold the Nation, Victory or Death, and We Can Overcome an American Black Conservative Manifesto. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Alan West. Sir, thank you for joining me this morning. Great to have you. Well, thanks so much, Mary, and good Tuesday morning to you and the listening audience. You know, you you are in Texas and you are uh, challenging the governor there, uh, Governor Abbott, for his seat. And the big thing, I would assume that the overwhelming uh, topic of conversation in Texas is immigration, immigration, immigration. And, you know, it's interesting because the Biden administration said said yesterday that they're going to extend a policy that's a Trump-era policy when it comes to uh, immigration. It's a border policy. And the policy allows for the swift, quote-unquote, swift expulsion of migrants who are counted at the border. And this goes on indefinitely. It's, it's, it was based under a pandemic, uh, in, you know, I guess, rule that was put in. And they, mm-hmm. they, they announced this. It's known as Title 42. And it Mm -hmm. just doesn't seem to make any sense to me because they say they're going to continue it. They're not doing it now, best I can tell. So were they just saying this because they're just acknowledging that there's a crisis at the border? So they're telling people they're going to expel people that they meet? Or are they still, you know, serving them, you know, uh, appetizers and warm drinks, maybe a glass of wine when they come across the border? Well, without a doubt, it is, uh, you know, one of those sleight of hand moves and don't pay attention to what we say, but you should pay attention to what they're doing. When you look at what is happening down in Texas, it, it has become here on our border. It has become uh, a complete violation and abdication of their constitutional duty and responsibility. They're not turning anyone back around at the border. I've been down at the border. I've been there at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. I've been there in, uh, early in the mornings, and I've seen people just be allowed to cross the Rio Grande River or the the gate be opening there at Del Rio, and people are coming in. And what is really appalling is that the turnaround time is maybe 48 to 72 hours, and they're putting them on buses, they're putting them on airplanes. The fact that the Department of Homeland Security has an agreement with the Department of Defense 
to fly illegal immigrants off of uh, U.S. military air bases like Laughlin Air Base down in Del Rio, the fact that we're housing illegal immigrants on military bases like Fort Bliss, Texas. So the Biden administration is not doing what they're supposed to do as far as securing the sovereignty of America, securing the sovereignty of Texas. They are completely, without a doubt, unconstitutionally implementing an open borders policy. And that's why you see a spike in COVID issues uh, definitely here in Texas, and I would almost say across the country. Yeah, I agree with you, because what they're doing, of course, is they're shipping a lot of these people to red states, because if I mm-hmm. were I now, if I were a cynical person, I would say they're doing that because they know they can't win on their policies. But if they can ship enough of these people into red states like Texas, like Florida and others, and they then you know slip amnesty into a budget that no one's going to read because it's going to be, you know, 10,000 pages long, then all these people can vote and then they don't ever have to worry about their policies because they just assume these people will just vote Democrat. Now, that would be if I were cynical, I would think that. Well, uh, not just cynical, but correct. And also, when you think about the fact that when you go along with this open borders policy, the fact that we've had 1.5 million illegal immigrants that have been uh, funneled and dispersed all across the United States of America, and another three, maybe to 400,000 that we don't even know about, think about the fact that you had H.R. 1 and S1 come down the pipe where they're trying to nationalize elections. And part of H.R. 1 and S1 says that you don't need to have picture ID to vote in the United States of America, according to the left. You don't need to have voter registration role review. As a matter of fact, they're not going to allow you to have it. We don't want election integrity laws at the state level. We don't. Uh, we want to have universal mail-in ballots. So the next thing you know, what happens? So let's say a whole bunch of mail-in ballots get sent to one of these stash houses where just recently in Houston we had 90 illegal immigrants in a stash house. And you just have a bunch of people filling out ballots, and then it says you can't, uh, you know, you, you can't block ballots harvesting, someone comes around and picks up the ballots. So this is a complete undermining of our constitutional republic and our representative democracy that we have here in America. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting, the same day that the U.S. announces that they're, you know, we're going to extend this Trump policy and send people back, you know, as swiftly as we possibly can, Mexico announces that they're barring the U.S. from sending migrant families back across the border because they put emergency measures into place because of COVID. Uh, And and Mm -hmm. so now they're saying that, no, you can't send them back. We're not taking them. So what's going to happen? We're going to take them. Well, they the, the president of the of Mexico and also the leaders down in, I think it was Guatemala, when uh, Kamala Harris went down there, they both said that this is a problem that you guys created. Everything was going fine, and you came in and reversed the policies that were being very successful. Uh, I mean, President Trump, you saw maybe had 16,000, maybe 20,000 uh, crossings a month. Now we're up to, what, close to 200,000 crossings, uh, people being detained. And those are, like I said, the ones that we know about. This is something that you talk to Border Patrol agents or you talk to former Border Patrol agents here in Texas. They said they've never seen anything like this in in their entire time with the United States Border Patrol. And on top of that, you have the Border Patrol being told that they cannot do their constitutional duty, ICE being told that you will not do your constitutional duty of deporting people. So, again, you know, the the, uh, the charlatans that we have in the Biden administration, like Mallorca's, and then the uh, the minstrel that you have singing their song up there, Jen Psaki, you know, pay no attention to these people. Go down and you can see what's happening on the border. Or call some people that live down in our border counties, and they will tell you exactly what's going on.
Yeah, well, they they don't they don't want to do that. I would like to play something for you. This is a rancher named Brett Smith. Brent Smith. He is from Texas. He is an attorney mm-hmm. in Kinney it. County, and he was yep. on Fox and Friends. And you're probably well well acquainted with what this man had to say. But I want everyone else to hear this. We've had a lot of property damage. Our county is basically at the epicenter of an invasion, in my view. Um, we, you know, the loss of fences, the extra personnel cost. There's even, you know, ranchers in our area having to hire private security to defend their own property rights in America. And uh, us Americans in this part of Texas don't, you know, we don't have the same rights as other people do. We can't enjoy our property and go in our backyards anymore at night. It's a tragedy. So, so their properties are being destroyed as they just overrun them. The cartels are running our southern border. We don't have a southern border. And these poor people are just, just sitting there, and they just get to be victims day after day after day, 24 hours a day. Do, what recourse do they have? Well, it's very sad. And I was down there with Brent Smith and the uh, sheriff of uh, Kenny County and several other uh, ranchers and, and people there in Brackettville. And Americans, Texans, should not be living in terror like they are doing. They're afraid to go out at night. You have illegal immigrants coming up and, you know, banging on their doors and and asking for food and and water and things of this nature. Uh, The recourse would be if they had, first and foremost, the federal government's not doing anything, but at least if they had a state that was taking some type of action. But instead, I mean, most of the uh, Department of Public Safety, the state troopers, are only operating on the roads. They're not getting off of the the highways where the illegal immigrants are trespassing across uh, these private properties and using the back uh, county roads and things of that nature to avoid being detected. So we need to have a full mobilization of our National Guard down here in the state of Texas so that they have a, a screen line along that border, along the Rio Grande River, in the bushes, wherever. We need to have aerial surveillance. We need to have all of the, the different technical surveillance materials that we can uh, eliminate these crossings. And furthermore, we've got to say, we're going to deport you. So when, when Brett talks about an invasion, the constant Constitution talks about this, and that's what the founding fathers called it. And states can take action when there is imminent danger, which you see, without any admit of delay. So the state of Texas should be stepping up and taking care of this. And I will tell you, that's one of the main reasons why I'm running for governor here. Yeah, I and I think I do. It's just I'm having problems with the words because I see these videos, I see these people, and I I think about it in my own home, and I'm like, God, I can't even imagine what that has to be like because you're right i think you used the right word invasion that's what it feels Mm -hmm. like i I just want to pivot here this is also an immigration question uh but we have our interpreters there's about eighteen thousand afghan interpreters who helped our troops out kept them safe Mm -hmm. and they are now in limbo over because they were promised visas by the u.s government whenever the u.s government promises you anything i tell every you know i'm like i think you're in trouble because you ain't gonna see it uh but they're in limbo and they're being killed their families yeah. are being killed. Their extended families are being killed. We have to get them to the United States. Why is this not happening? Should we just tell, ship them to Mexico and tell them to walk over? Well, that would probably be the easiest thing since uh, somehow we have people from Haiti that are crossing our border coming into Texas or even uh, Ghana and Somalia. Look, this is going to be worse than the killing fields of Pol Pot. Uh, I've had uh, several of my former interpreters ask me for letters of recommendation so that they can take it to the embassy and, and vouch for them, and I've done so. I had have had two of my former interpreters that we did get out of Afghanistan, and they're living uh, good quality lives, and they love 
love America, but we can't if we turn our backs on these people. Guess what? No one's going to want to work with us yeah. in the future. But when you think about the Democrat Party, this is exactly the same thing that they were responsible for in Vietnam, and we remember those horrific scenes. Is the exact same policy of Barack Obama when he said, "Let's completely uh, pull out of Iraq," and then ISIS comes in and takes over. Uh, the Taliban is going to rule with an iron fist and an iron thumb, and they're going to slaughter all of those people that work with the United States of America, and you're right, their families, extended families. And that blood is going to be on the hands of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And unfortunately, it won't get the play in the media. They'll get away with it. And that's the one thing that drives me so crazy is the state-run corporate media uh, just covers for them. And you, I have friends who are liberal who don't consume Fox and don't consume other news outlets, and they consume you know, the, the, the traditional state-run media. And they're like, what are you talking about, interpreters? I'm like, how do you not see this? And then when you send them a link to it, they're like, oh, well, that's Fox. I'm like, okay, well, but, that doesn't make it any what? less true. But you know what's going to happen, Mary, is that when Reuters goes in there and the BBC goes in there and all the other international media and they bring this to light, it's going to be in their face and there's not going to be anything they can hide about it. And that's the exact same thing which happened with Obama with with ISIS. Uh, And, of course, there'll be the excuses, you know, from, like you say, all the alphabet soup mainstream media here. But they're not going to be able to hide the killing and and the bloodshed that's going to happen in Afghanistan uh, because of this very insidious, stupid, dumb, tragic decision that Joe Biden has made. So just one question that may be a naive on my part. Why is it not possible for when we pull our soldiers out for them for to say, bring your translators? They know who our soldiers know who these people are. They know the people they've been working with. Why can't we just put them on the same plane? There's a disconnect for me. Uh, there's a huge disconnect, and I cannot understand why that's a, a policy of this administration, which I think is an abhorrent policy, uh, because you could very easily protect those individuals and even get them transport to a, a military base like a Bargram, like a Kandahar, so that they could get flown out. But uh, this is going to be a black eye uh, for the United States of America going forward. Yeah, we can transport illegals from all over the world anywhere they want to go in this country, but we can't do the same for these people who helped save American lives and keep our soldiers safe. Uh, It's just criminal, and I I just sit here, when I saw this story, it's like, how is this happening? I don't understand any of this. It doesn't make any sense, and I hope people are held accountable, but I don't have high hope for it because they're, they're members of the party. And, you know, if you oppose the party, you're the bad person and they get they get away with it. So it does, again, doesn't make me uh, feel warm and fuzzy. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, thank you so much for joining us this morning here on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Mary. Thank you very much. I want to talk to you. 866-408-7669. 866-408-7669. About what you just heard. Uh, Alan West have to say here, we're talking about immigration, talking about what's happened with these Afghan uh, translators. Uh, You know, this is disgusting. When you see these people walk across our border, you have the administration saying, no, we're extending the Trump policy where we're turning them back. No, we're not. No, we're not. It's a lie. It just gets me so frustrated and and I just don't even you know you just throw your hands up in the air I don't even know what you do at this point in the game and this is what I think happens is people who do who don't support the party 
I think they, they just wear you down and you just get frustrated and you just say, I'm just not even going to deal anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to go, you know, watch the office reruns or something because you just tune it out because it's so disheartening. 866-408-7669. Also coming up later this hour, Senator Rick Scott will be joining us to talk about the infrastructure bill and also talk about how they just somehow managed to miss the debt ceiling deadline. And you know, how did that happen? I'm Mary Walter, and you are listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. Diving deep into today's top stories, it's Brian Kilmeade. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. As many of you know from your own life experiences, a life in so-called blue-collar work is something to be proud of. It is very rewarding to work that has impact on your friends, your neighbors, and your family's lives. Great successes can be had in the blue-collar career. There's no degree requirement for achieving comfort peace and freedom. While schools cut shop classes and funnel students into colleges, there are plenty of options for hard workers who are ready to take advantage of open positions. Many young people today assume that college is the only way to achieve success in life. That is not true. Let me introduce you to Ken Rusk. Ken spent his younger years digging ditches and working in construction. He never went to college. Instead, he made goals, planned, and worked hard for 30 years. Now Ken is a successful entrepreneur with multiple businesses and revenue streams. In his national best-selling book, Blue Collar Cash, Ken shares his insights from over 30 years of working in blue-collar trades as an entrepreneur, mentor, and life coach. Now he's created a guide made specifically for you and your unique situation. This guide will give you or someone you love the tools you need to start designing the life of their dreams. You can achieve your dreams regardless of your educational background or your past. Go to KenRusk.com path to learn more. That's KenRusk.com path. A talk show that's real. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Mary Walter sitting in for Brian Kilmeade, 866-408-7669. We were just speaking with Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. And immigration, since he is running for the governorship of Texas, you know, that's a huge conversation for them right now. You hear from a rancher whose whose property is just being destroyed. Animals are getting out because they, they, they steal a car. They just drive it through his ranch. They take the fences down. It's up to him to rebuild the fences. It's up to him to find his cattle or, or whatever, you know, sheep, whatever it happens to be. They drive through crops. They steal stuff from the properties, you know, cars, etc. They they're he And this rancher went on to say that if you're not walking around with a firearm, a sidearm, you don't feel safe in America because we're allowing our southern border to be taken over by cartels. At the same time, the Biden administration is telling us we're extending the Trump policy where we're um, we're, we're swiftly ex- out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. Um, sending migrants out of the country um, if they're counter- encountered along the U.S.-Mexico border. That's a huge lie. I, I can't even believe they came out and said it, but part of me kind of does. 
And then when you hear yet Afghan interpreters and their families are going to be slaughtered by the Taliban and we're putting them through a 10 year visa process. It's it's just absolutely insane. Uh, Mary listening on KOIL in Omaha. Hi, Mary. You're on the Brian Kilmeade show. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Mary. Um, I I really feel uh, it's heartbreaking for these translators because the United States should be embarrassed at the way we're treating these people who helped our military. And I think everything the Biden administration is doing is done by design. I think it's intentional to ruin our country, turn us into a third world country. Yeah. You know what, Mary? And I, and I have to run here. It's not about equality anymore. Now it's about equity. We all have to be equally miserable. It's like China. We all have to live in the same house, wear the same clothes, etc. More coming up on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade. Hey, I'm Mary Walter. Sitting in for Brian Kilmeade today... Uh, we were just speaking with Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, if you missed it, and we talked a lot about immigration, obviously, because he's in Texas and he's running for uh, the governor spot in Texas. He's challenging Governor Abbott. And we also talked about the Afghan interpreters and the dichotomy where you can come here from Somalia, go, get somehow work your way to Mexico and walk across our border. We don't have, we don't get ID from you. We don't, we don't test you for any kind of communicable diseases, Ebola, whatever you could be carrying. We let you into the country. And within 24 hours, you're on a plane with no ID. We ship you anywhere you want to go. We run the best travel agency in the world because it's free. And we send you anywhere you want to go. Afghan interpreters are waiting sometimes up to 10 years to get a visa to come to this country as the Taliban takes over their country. And they're threatening these people. They're threatening their families. They're threatening their, their parents, extended families. And for some reason, we didn't just put them on the planes with our military when they were leaving Afghanistan. I'm not quite sure why that's just not happening. Our soldiers know who the good guys are. So I would trust our soldiers to say, hey, this guy over here has been with us for years and he's going to be slaughtered if we leave him here. I mean, we do that for, for God's sake. We do this with dogs, with the animals that the, that the soldiers, you know, adopt while they're over there. We get them here faster than we do human beings who will be slaughtered. 866-408-7669. I could be wrong, but I somehow think that if this were under the Trump administration, this would be fast-tracked. And I, I could be 100% wrong. I may have had too much faith in the Trump administration, but I think it would be a little bit faster than 10 years. Let's go to Mike listening on WDBO in Orlando. Mike, you are on the Brian Kilmeade Show. You have experience with this. Tell us your story. Hey, Mary. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I, I was telling your screener, um, I'm a combat veteran. Uh, I was in Afghanistan 2011-2012, and we had two interpreters working with us. They are with us all the time, 24-7. Like, <clears throat> we came to know these guys like brothers, just like they were the guys that we came from the States with. Uh, 
when when all when everything started going crazy, uh, me and a, a, a bunch of my buddies from our platoon all banded together to try and try and do something and get them over. And unfortunately for one of our Terps, John, the Taliban caught him. They placed him on an ID and detonated it. They also killed the rest of his family as well. I I don't understand. Like, I have tears in my eyes right now. I don't understand why this is happening. Did your congressperson not help you out? I I, I don't even know what the procedure is, and I can't imagine that it's easy, which doesn't make any sense to me. Do do Republicans wouldn't help you? I well, I don't I hear the shyness in my voice. So we were we were we were too late for John. Uh, our our congressmen and our senators helped us out with our other interpreter Rush, who unfortunately we weren't able to get to the states, but we were able to get him to Germany, and he is he's living a good life, enjoying you know a. a way more freedoms than he had in the country that he was. And well, he's just, alive, which I guess is better than yeah. where he would have been. Why couldn't you get him here to the States? This this makes zero sense. Uh, honestly, I, I couldn't give you a definite answer on that. We had about, I, I'd say, 15 to 20 different guys, and we all, we all wrote our senators. We all wrote you know, everybody that we could that could think of. Uh, but I mean, it just it just didn't seem like it was happening. I mean, it would have been it probably would have been in hindsight easier for you guys to buy him a ticket to Mexico, and then have him and his family just walk across the border. Oh, absolutely, and that and I got to tell you, that's the most frustrating thing about it. It's there, there's such a lack of perspective with what's going on in other countries, and and, and everything, and it's. We have it so good here, and people just do not know that. This is why I, I'm a big fan. I, I consider it all the time we should bring back the draft. It's a, I, I be, I'm beginning to believe that more and more. Mike, thank you for sharing your story, and, and, and thank you for your service. But bless you and your buddies for trying to save lives, be above and beyond you know, being in the service, but, but seeing a wrong and trying to right it. And, and I, I think what you're trying to do is just so admirable. And I, I really hope that we get some answers and we have Senator Rick Scott coming up and I'm absolutely going to ask him about this because this is inexcusable to, to allow people to knowingly be slaughtered. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Let's head to, uh, uh, let's stay with the name Mike. It's a good name on WLAD in Danbury, Connecticut. Mike, you're on the Brian Kilmeade show. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Doing great. Go ahead. Good. So my question is, is if the Democrats can, like, bring lawsuits constantly against everything that Trump did, why can't either, like, American citizens do a class action lawsuit against what these guys are doing to this country to stop it? You know, I... I don't understand it either. It is one of the most frustrating things to me. The the Democrats use lawfare to their advantage time and time again. Now, granted, they've packed the courts, a lot of the courts, the lower level courts with Democrats who are going to rule in their favor. But Trump went a long way in undoing that. I don't understand why Republicans are just reactive and not proactive. I 
it's it's maddening, and I don't have an answer. I wish I had an answer to that question. I just don't. You know, issues that they're breaking the law with. Why can't why can't it just go to the Supreme Court and and they're the ones that are supposed to hear constitutional issues? Yeah, because because as far as I know, the telling the people not to enforce the law that Congress passed is unconstitutional. Congress makes the laws. The executive branch doesn't have the authority, as far as I know, to just say don't enforce it. That's that goes against what Congress Congress you know put into into law. And I guess it's an, I'm writing down all these questions for Senator Rick Scott. We're going to have to keep him for like a day and a half in order to get him to answer all these questions. Um, Mike, thank you. Very quickly, I want to get to Vinny uh, in Florida here listening online. Vinny, you are on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, so I wanted to quickly, it was on, as long as we're on the immigration topic, um, this is kind of off topic a little bit. but Very uh, quickly. Okay. I um, just wanted to say that you know what, Vinny, Vinny, I'm, I'm so sorry. If you want to hang on, hang on. But uh, the senator's calling in now, and I have a lot of questions for him. So I'm going to have to get you on the other side, okay? Coming up, Senator Rick Scott on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Coming to you on a need-to-know basis, because, man, do you need to know. You're with Brian Kilmeade. New from the Fox News Podcasts Network. My name is Kennedy, and welcome to my podcast, which will, I humbly say, single-handedly save the world. You're welcome. It's Kennedy Saves the World. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade. I'm Mary Walter. In for Brian Kilmeade. Let's get right to it. Senator Rick Scott from Florida joining us. Uh, joining us, he is on the Senate Homeland Security and the Armed Services Committee. Senator, thank you. We appreciate you joining us here on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Mary, it's always great to speak with you. You know, we were just having this discussion uh, about immigration and the Afghan interpreters. There's about eighteen thousand F. Afghan interpreters who were stuck in the visa process. And when you compare and contrast that with the open border we now have on our southern border, you know that you're in Florida. You see a lot of these people being just shipped under cover of darkness within 24 hours of crossing the border into your state. Welcome to America. Why are we allowing these people, these who helped save our soldiers' lives and helped America be slaughtered by the Taliban? Why are we leaving them behind? Because Joe Biden doesn't care. Joe Biden and the Democrats do not care. Um, I mean, they walked out of Afghanistan, which none of us want to be in a forever war, but you take care of your friends. And so you sit there and they, you know, they're, they're, they're taking their, their time and making it very difficult for people to get here that helped us in Afghanistan. No, you know, but they, they wanted medical checkups, all this stuff. But if you want to come, if they could get to Mexico, then they could just walk across the border. What they ought to do is they ought to take the planes to bring them instead of, uh, you know, close to D.C. where they're bringing them in. They ought to take them to Mexico and let them walk across the border. That would that would be more more humanitarian the way they're doing it. Absolutely. Because what they're doing right now is these individuals are getting helped us in Afghanistan are getting slaughtered by the Taliban. Exactly. And Biden doesn't care. 
So, so let me ask you a question that one of the listeners just asked, and I ask every single day, where are the Republicans? Why don't the Republicans make this a, a huge deal and, and start a fund? Say, you know what, we're, we're starting a fund to, re- to get a couple of jets, and people will donate to it, to fly these people to Mexico so they can walk across the border, to prove the point that the Biden administration doesn't care about these people and that you can just walk across the border and the hypocrisy of it. That Republicans can own this topic. Why don't they? It, you know, it makes you mad that it makes you mad that we don't talk more about what the Democrats are doing uh, and how how it makes no sense. How their 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 policies on on the Afghanistan's make no sense. They they won't call out the the Cuban uh, regime for their right. atrocities. I don't I'm like I. You look at this stuff and you say, where are you guys? I mean, I, I talked to, to you know, Secretary of State Blinken the other day. I said, I said, where are you? I mean, you're doing nothing to help the to help the people in Cuba. You're doing, you're not getting this stuff done uh, in Afghanistan. I mean, this is the Democrats. They've gone off a deep end. They they're just controlled by the radical left now, and nothing good is happening to the with the Democrat Party right now, and Schumer and all of them. But here's the thing, I, I get that. And our listeners understand that. And your base understands that. We know that. What we don't understand is why the Republicans don't fix it on their own. Democrats would, if this was something that was important to them, they would be out there and they would do something like rent a jet to, and, and fly these people into you know Mexico and just and escort them across the border. They would make a big spectacle think, about yeah. this. Republicans yeah, I, don't I think do the it. The problem that Republicans have is we comply with the law. I mean, right now, the Democrats control the House, the Senate, and the White House. Uh, they can completely control uh, the executive branch, and the executive branch has really been run by radical leftists right now. So in, when Republicans are always going to comply with the law, we believe. I, I ask all of their nominees when I interview them, the Biden's nominees, I said, are you going to enforce the law? I said, are you going to enforce the law, and you're going to give, are you going to be transparent with the information? They all say yes, of course. But, I mean, what you're saying is, is is interesting. It's just that you know, as a Republican, I really do believe in the Constitution. I believe in following the rule of law, and so my job is to force, do everything I can to force the Democrats to show up and do their job. Well, we're going to have to move on from this, and we're going to have to respectfully disagree because you're not breaking the law by crossing the southern border because apparently that's allowed. And yeah. I just I just look I at know, it and I say I can save someone from being being you know slaughtered. slaughtered that to me is a little bit more important than the Democrats not doing anything. But that that's just something that we've been talking about that people are up in arms about. Um, let's also talk about uh, one more question on immigration. W- you know, we heard from a rancher who uh, his his property in Texas is being overrun by these people and being destroyed. Why can't you sue the government? You should be able to sue the government. Um, you You should be able to sue the government for... Uh, their policies, and um, they, anybody, any any of the government action where the government is forcing or allowing something to happen that uh, that is allowing people to take advantage of you from harming you or your property, you ought to be able to sue the government. I know in Florida, you can you can when I was governor of Florida, if the government did the, the wrong thing, you could sue them. There are limits on how much liability we had, uh, but you were able to sue the government, and 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 through the court through. The court system, legislative process, you could uh, be paid. 
Yeah, and, but unfortunately, the people who are who are creating the problems aren't the ones that are held responsible. Taxpayers pay off, you know, their debt for them, which is is very very frustrating. But these people need to be made whole because they're just being run roughshod over. It's lawless, and they're they're you know oh, afraid good. in their own homes, and and the government isn't protecting American yeah. citizens. Yeah, it makes no sense. I mean, like, why why do, does the Biden administration not want to comply with the law and enforce the law and secure our borders? Why do they want to bankrupt our country? You look, you look at all these things. Why don't they? Why don't they want to stop the crime that's going on in this country? I mean, you look at this stuff and you think, we didn't. This is not what we elected. We didn't elect a government that was going to say we 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 like lawlessness. The Democrats sit there and they, they, they don't want to ever. They want to arrest people in the House of Representatives now, not wearing a mask. But God forbid, go kill somebody, go loot a loot a business, and that's okay. You know, the Democrats don't care. It's power. It's all power. If you create chaos, you create a power vacuum, and who's ready to fill it? The Democrats. Oh, Why do they want all these people sure. coming into this country, but they don't want the Cubans? Because they think the Cubans are going to vote Republican, but they're pretty sure that these millions and millions of people, that they want to slip amnesty into these bills, uh, that, that they will then vote Democrat. And uh, we don't have a lot of time, but speaking of these bills, how did Congress mi- miss the debt ceiling deadline? How did that happen? Because I've been up here two and a half years. I mean, there it's just fascinating. The Democrats do not care that we have almost thirty trillion dollars of debt. Look at their latest infrastructure bill. I mean, it's not paid for. I mean, we like infrastructure. I I spent eighty five billion dollars infrastructure as governor, but I cut taxes and paid off my debt. I mean, so these Democrats have no pay for this, uh, and and they don't care that we have thirty thirty trillion dollars of the debt. So. Look, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that we do not continue to raise this debt ceiling without absolutely fixing the future. We've got to stop this. We've got to stop the infrastructure bill. We've got to stop this $5.5 trillion bill, which the infrastructure bill is just creating a process so Schumer can get the $5.5 trillion. Trillion dollars. Trillions. Trillions, trillions, trillions. I thought, wait, wait, wait. I thought country. it was – I thought it's it was – inflation. But I thought that I thought that bill was three point seven. How did it get to five point five overnight? How did that oh, yeah, happen? Because, oh, they said, oh, Mary, because they said, oh, we're just gonna we're just gonna fund it for eight years. You think those programs are gonna end at eight years? No, no, of course not. no, no, of course not. I mean, yeah. they already did one point nine. Look at all this money. They've already done one point nine, and they look they've ruined our economy this year. They've hurt so many people's jobs. Look at all those people that had great income from the Keystone Pipeline just poof gone just like that. Right. Just like that, they don't care about you, your job. They want you to be dependent on government so you yep. will vote for them. They want to be in power and have you work for them. That's what the Democrats want. So what happens with this bill? Uh, just very quickly, here's AOC talking about the infrastructure bill. Uh, I don't you tell me. Well, never mind. Uh, AOC said that she, she will not vote for the infrastructure bill. If the Senate does yeah, not pass the reconciliation bill. We will uphold our end of the bargain and not pass the bipartisan bill until we get all of these investments in. How many House progressives do you think are with you on this? I believe a very large amount of the progressive caucus. Enough to prevent it from passing. More than enough. Are the Democrats fractured enough with between that far left part of their party, the Marxist part of their party and and the other, you know, the Nancy Pelosi part of their party to prevent this from passing? No, I mean, they're, they're, this is going to both pass. Schumer said the infrastructure bill is just the first part of, of the, his 5.5 on, a, on top of the 1.2, another 5.5. 
they're all lockstep on this. They're both, they want to get both of them done, and they're going to bankrupt this country. And there's no pay for it. This is yeah. all borrowed money. Senator, I, I hate to cut you off. I could talk to you for another half an hour because uh, I have so many questions. But thank you for your time. We do appreciate it. And you have given us a lot to discuss. Have a fantastic week. Senator Rick Scott, you've been on the Brian Kilmeade Show. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The One with Craig Gutfeld, the co-host of The Five, like you've never heard him before. You know him, you love him, you want to be like him. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. Yes, I'm Mary Walters sitting in for Brian Kilmeade, and I'm very happy to do so. Let's talk a little uh, COVID, shall we? Because it's the Delta variant, then it's going to be the Lambda variant. They're coming from all over the world, being brought into this country. Um, Gee, I wonder how. And, um, you know, we're, we're hearing now there's breakthrough infections. You see Lindsey Graham being vaccinated again. So let's talk about it with Dr. Jeanette Neshwad, a Fox News medical contributor and a family and emergency medicine doctor. Follow her on Twitter at, at Dr. Jeanette. Dr. Jeanette, thank you for joining us. Hey, good morning, Mary. Great to be with you. Let's talk about these breakthrough infections. According to um, a state data compiled um, from state dashboards by NBC and the CDC, 164 million Americans are are vaccinated and about 125,000 have tested positive for breakthrough infections. That's 0.1% of vaccinated Americans and 0.001% of that cohort have died. Why are we so crazed now about breakthrough um, in, in infections? We, we shouldn't be. And those numbers are phenomenal. And this is all thanks, Mary, to Operation Warp Speed um, that came out last year, which gave us three highly safe and effective vaccines. The vaccines are doing exactly what they need to do prevent you from losing your life and preventing severe illness. That's exactly what they're doing. It's a blessing that these numbers are so low. Yes, it's surprising because the more people you have vaccinated and with with these emerging uh, more contagious variants like Delta or Lambda or the new variant out of Colombia, you're going to see more breakthrough infections. We expect that. I see that all the time. It's not uncommon. You know, when, when someone comes in, I remember during flu season, I had patients who had their flu shot. Some of them still picked up the flu, but their symptoms were very mild. Um, Those patients I remember that picked up the flu that weren't vaccinated, they were the ones coming in with more moderate symptoms like a fever. Same thing with this one. You could still show symptoms. Sometimes you may show no symptoms. Sometimes it's very mild. Um, But breakthrough infections happen. The vaccines are not 100% protective, but they do a darn good job of keeping you from losing your life and keeping you out of the hospital. And one thing I want to point out, Mary, a lot of people are being hospitalized, not because they need to be put on a ventilator, but because sometimes they just need oxygen. They just need some fluids. They need a little IV Decadron. They're there for two, three days and they go home. Um, but I think for the most part, we should be very grateful that we have these vaccines, breakthrough are inspected or expected. And But what the bottom line is, 
wear your mask if you're not vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, please talk to your doctor, get the facts, and, and, and get yourself protected. Because right now, like right now, um, I'm seeing the majority of my patients who are testing positive are the ones who are unvaccinated. A few of them are vaccinated, um, but their symptoms are very mild, and some of them, no symptoms at all. Let me ask you about the masks, um, because I find it hard to believe that one of these little surgical masks that's not fitted to my face, open on the sides, maybe open at the top, you know, on either side of my nose. How is that protecting me from anything? That's a very good question. So the virus can enter your eyes, your nose, and your mouth. If you're not properly fitted, and if it's open and loose, you're not going to get much protection. You want to make sure that it's a little bit snug, covering your nose covering your mouth. And yeah, you, you won't be as protected if, if that's the case. There is a study that just came out of, out of Columbia and Duke, which looked at 14 different types of facial protective covers. So the most protective that they found were the N95s. Um, the least protective were those very thin gator-like um, bandana type of garments. And the average was the, the, the surgical mask, those blue masks. Some people like to put on a, a blue surgical mask and then a cloth mask over that. That gives you extra protection. But you're absolutely right. If you're not wearing a mask properly, if it's not covering both your mouth and your nose, you're gonna, you may not get as much protection as you could be. Yeah, and I've noticed, first of all, I, most people, I've, at least where I am, a lot of people are not wearing the mask. I think people have had it with the masks, and yeah. and I've had it with the masks. If I see a sign yeah. that tells me that I have to wear a mask in the store, I'm just not going in that store anymore. I just can't anymore. By this time last year, I was I was coming out of the grocery store. I'm ripping that mask off like I just did six hours of surgery, you know, like yeah. I had to get it. I just went grocery shopping. I can't. And I think you, you're hitting exactly exhaustion for people with the masks. I hear it from a lot of people. I see it with a lot of people, these grocery workers or workers in stores who have the mask on and it's like down below their nose. They can't anymore. They want to breathe. I I just think that this whole thing with going back to mask, we have to mask up again. People go, well, if you're vaccinated, why do I have to mask up again? And if you're not vaccinated and you're not wearing a mask, but I am vaccinated, why do I have to worry about whether you're wearing a mask? So you're right. It's tough. It can be challenging. Some people, it's hard to breathe and it's annoying. But I think this is where truth and transparency is important. Those of us who are vaccinated, when we are told by the CDC to wear our mask, it's more so to protect the others who are unvaccinated or who are vulnerable or who can't be vaccinated. So we're not so much doing it for ourselves, but for others as well. That I, I would say that's the, the main reason why we're doing it because some people can't be vaccinated for whatever reason. But um, it, it is, it is you know, c- it can be cumbersome. I can understand that. What I would say is, look, um, even if you are vaccinated, just be careful because we are seeing these breakthrough infections. And if you're in a high risk, you know, if you have a high risk medical condition, if you have, you know, heart disease or COPD or emphysema, or maybe you're undergoing chemotherapy or or you just, you know, have a weakened immune system, it's not a bad idea if you are in public and you're in in, uh, crowded areas. It's okay. It's not a bad idea to wear your mask and give you that little extra layer of protection. Um, But for the most, most of us that are, that are healthy, that are vaccinated, it's more of wearing the mask to protect others because you can, um, the, the most recent data has found from the CDC that vaccinated and unvaccinated, if you do get infected, you can carry the same viral load in your nasopharynx and that's how you could potentially potentially spread it to others, even though um, 
that high level of viral load is found in your nose, remember this is a, vir a respiratory virus. So really, if you're coughing and sneezing, that's how we would uh, most likely transmit to others. But could you also transmit via talking? That's a possibility as well. But I understand your, 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 what you're saying, your concern and frustration. It's tough. It's challenging. We've been at this for 15 months, a year and a half. And, you know, we, we've done all that we could. But once in a while, these, these, uh, these variants come out that are just so powerful and that are slightly weakening our vaccine that I think the, the purpose and the goal from the CDC is to try to give as much protection as possible, even though it is a, a bit unfair that those who are, uh, you know, unvaccinated, um, we have to mask up for them. But at the same time, if they wear a mask, then they're doing their duty. And uh, hopefully this is just temporary once we get through this Delta wave and hopefully we can unmask again. But after the Delta, there's the Lambda. They just saw the first case of Lambda yeah. in uh, a Texas hospital. Then then it's going to be another and another. We're never going to get rid of the virus. It's going to continually mutate just like yeah. the flu virus does. And so based on what I'm hearing, this is never going to end because we have an open border to our south and we know where these things are coming from. I believe the Delta variant came from Peru or the Lambda one came from Peru. The other one came from, yeah. from um, Brazil. So it's never going to end. I mean, it, it, this is going to be one of those things. We somewhere along the line have to learn how to live with this thing or just wear masks for the rest of our lives and never gather indoors ever again. No, no, I, I think you're you're right in that, you know, we have to protect that all at all levels, including the border. But I think it's, we're going to get to the point where we have to just accept a certain level of risk. We're going to have to accept that there's going to be a certain number of people that are going to test positive. There's always going to be a certain number of people who are going to lose their life from this from this virus, just like we, we've lost thousands of lives from the flu. But the, the, pri the priority is the, the main goal from day one was not to overwhelm the hospitals, because if you have a hospital that's full, that has no beds, because everyone in the hospital is, has got COVID, then what are we going to do if a heart attack happens, if a car accident happens, if a stroke right. happens? How are they going to get the care that they need? Um, so that's the main goal is to not overwhelm the hospitals. Once we can get to the point where hospitals aren't overburdened and overwhelmed and short-staffed, then it's going to get to the point where we're just going to have to learn how to accept and deal with a certain level of disease year-round. Um, did, didn't we hit that, life. though? But as far as wearing masks forever, I, I don't see that happening. Well, I also thought it was going to be two weeks to flatten the curve and look where we are. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, I've, I've heard this story before. Uh, but we, yeah. we, we got past overwhelming the hospitals last year by, I think it was April or May of last year, New York and New Jersey were already on the way down. As far as they're, they're, they're overwhelming, yeah. you know, we know New York never really used the Javis Center. They had 200 and some odd beds. I think they used, what, fewer than 60. They barely even used the comfort. Uh, my husband's an ICU doctor in New Jersey, and they made, you know, another ICU, and they did all that. And that's all been disassembled and put away. He is one COVID patient right now. Yeah. So and haven't we passed that? Fortunately, yeah. Well, there are some states right now, Louisiana, Florida, Missouri, where the hospitals, the ICU beds are full. They're they're now canceling elective surgeries because they need to make room for uh, the emergencies and for COVID patients. So just in, I would say there's just a handful of states that are okay. making up the bulk of the cases gotcha. right now. But you're absolutely right. For the most part, um, you know, it's going to just be a port normal part of our lives. Know what you know. We all know what we need to do to protect ourselves. Vaccinate, wear a mask, 
take precautions, understand and know your risk. If you have an underlying medical condition and you're not vaccinated, you're at a high risk for complications. Sure. Out of the tiny percentage of those who have died or are hospitalized who were vaccinated had underlying medical conditions. So just be smart and take precautions to protect yourself. And um, hopefully we can, we can get through this wave. And with more people being vaccinated, we won't have more emerging variants. Yeah, hopefully. Um, one other question. What about um, people who have had the virus and they say, look, I've, I've got natural immunity. I've, I've acquired it naturally. I don't want to take the vaccine because I don't know how that's going to affect my body. And why should I? I've got the best immunity there is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And if you've had COVID, I tell my my family, for example, my patients, you don't need to get vaccinated immediately. Um, Even the CDC says wait 90 days. Um, But how long does that natural immunity last? We really don't know the exact answer to that. I've had only a few of my patients test positive twice, not a lot. That's a possibility. But if you really want to get extra protection, um, it is reasonable months after having natural infection to get a vaccine because you want to prolong your protection and keep you safe because natural immunity will protect you most likely for at least a short period of time. Um, But we don't know exactly how long. The longest I've had a patient have uh, antibodies uh, after being infected was about 10 months, which is fantastic. Now, there are other components of the immune system, our memory cells, our B cells, our T cells, which can give you potentially prolonged uh, protection, but we don't know the exact length of time. And that's why I say to my patients, you don't need to be vaccinated right away, but do it in a few months. How, how long is the, very quickly before we run out of time, how long uh, do you do you have the, the benefit of the protection of the vaccine, though? How long does that last, do we know? Well, initially, Moderna and Pfizer said six months. Um, you know, I, I filled out the New York Passport app, uh, app on my phone, and it only gave me six months, and then it listed it as expired. Um, with the Delta variant, I've had patients who got vaccinated in April, for example, and two months later tested positive, but with very, very mild symptoms. So I think um, if you take out Delta out of the equation, you have, uh, I would say, at least a good six months of protection. But add Delta into the equation, it's definitely shortening that. That's why we're talking about boosters, a Pfizer booster. For example, in Israel, they're giving out boosters. I think they're starting in Germany as well to give out a third booster shot. The boosters have been found to increase your antibody protection up to tenfold which is fantastic. I even told my mom, mom, I think I want you to, you know, get a booster shot if you're going to, you know, travel overseas where there's outbreaks going on. So um, we do know that, that, uh, that you, we do have data that, that you can get further protection with a, with a booster because we can actually measure, Mary, we can measure your antibody levels. And right. if it's gone down to almost zero, hey, time for a booster. And we give boosters with all sorts of um, vaccines, hepatitis, measles, mumps, rubella. Sure. It's common, something we do normally. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna get in line at at the at the pharmacy. Finally, get you know, wait my turn. Finally, get vaccinated. By the time I by the time you know, and just immediately <laughs> register for my booster because by the time I get to it, I'm just gonna have to get in line again. Uh, I, I, did, I, I don't, I don't know. I just sense such fatigue with people, but this it has is. been a really sane conversation about this. <laughs> and I really appreciate that from you because it's, I think a lot of people have an agenda with this, but, yeah. and, and I really wanted to talk to you about this frustration. I think that so many people feel and, and it yeah. is understandable. And I think that this administration has been terrible with messaging about wear a mask, don't wear a mask, get the vaccine. Yeah. Now you need a booster. It works for 
this. It doesn't work for that. Even if you're vaccinated, you got to wear a max vaccine. Don't touch anybody. Wear a bodysuit. It's it's it, it's <laughs> yeah, just insane. And, and I and I think people just sit there and go, you know what? I, I don't understand any of this. I'm just going to go about my day, and and yeah. you know see what happens. And and I don't think that that's the answer either. So thank you for a very sane conversation about this. <laughs> It's it's my pleasure, and you're right. You you lose credibility and compliance when you keep going back and forth and back and forth. So, bottom line, protect yourself. Do what you can to keep yourself from getting sick. And also, thank you to your husband, ICU doctors who are at high risk of, of uh, you know taking care of these patients. We appreciate him and all the other healthcare workers out and there. And we and of course we appreciate you as well, Dr. Jeanette Neshwat. You can find her on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette. Thank you, and you have a fantastic day. 866-408-7669. Are you frustrated? I'm so frustrated. I'm so frustrated. I'm so over it. If they tell me I have to wear a mask on my face, I'm probably just never leaving the house again. I, I just, I'm just going to throw in the towel and say, that's it. You know what? They told me two, two weeks to flatten the curve and it's been two years. I just can't anymore. I don't trust anything that's coming out of the administration. I, and I, and I, I just think it's just a miscommunication or no communication with the CDC. I don't know what it is. Are you frustrated? 866-408-7669. Your call's coming up on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Expanding your knowledge base, it's Brian Kilmeade. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. The host of The Story on Fox News Channel sits down with major newsmakers each week to get their untold story. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade. The CDC put out new mask guidelines now, which is it's all just so confusing. Indoors, outdoors, vaccinated, not vaccinated, mask, not mask. The, the Walmart shoppers don't know who to punch anymore. <laughs> so now we're back to wearing the mask from the front of the restaurant until the waiter brings the breadsticks. It's called science, people. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I think we have to cover our faces so other people can cover their ass. <laughs> That's Bill Maher. And every now and then he accidentally speaks the truth, right? And he's one of the people who can get away with it. I, I think he expresses the frustration that so many of us feel. I, I remember just even in, during the height of COVID when we were back out in restaurants and things like that, you had to wear your mask from the front door to the table where you could take your mask off. But as soon as you stood up, you had to put your mask back on in case you were going to walk somewhere. Apparently, COVID uh, susceptibility is connected to your butt. And as long as you're sitting down, the COVID can't get you. But as soon as you stand up, the COVID can get you. And the whole thing about, you know, we're having to wear a mask, but I still have to stand six feet behind the person in front of me. How were they going to get COVID through the back of their head? Even if I sneeze directly on them, how are they going to get it through the back of their head? And and the plexiglass thing that makes no sense because COVID doesn't go around it or under it or this or that. I think all of this plays into the fatigue that I see so many people expressing, including myself, when they're talking about now, may have to mask up again. Your call's coming up on The Brian Kilmeade Show. With Fox News Podcasts Plus, you can enjoy all your favorite Fox News Podcasts without commercials. Subscribe now at foxnewspodcasts.com.
Radio that makes you think. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. The question about uh, guidance for vaccinated people wearing masks. There are uh, two components to what we're trying to do here. One is we're trying to save lives with our vaccines, and they're working to do so, and that's terrific. Um, What they weren't studied in the clinical trials is to whether they prevent transmission. Initially, they did with alpha. Unfortunately, they no longer do with delta. For those uh, people who do get sick, the data suggests that you could potentially transmit. And for that reason, we are suggesting both vaccinated and unvaccinated continue to wear masks so they don't bring disease home or to others who are unvaccinated. That's Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the CDC director. So when I hear that, this is what adds to my confusion and my skepticism of this entire thing. And, and, and again, you do you. But this is where my brain goes, and you can disagree with me, 866-408-7669. I hear this, you know, we're suggesting both vaccinated and unvaccinated continue to wear masks so they don't bring the disease home or, you know, infect others who are unvaccinated. As they ship illegals from all over the world into this country, these variants started in South America. Gee, I wonder how they got into the U.S. How did that possibly happen? Because we're not testing these people. So I'm supposed to believe that the government is trying to keep me safe. And it's, that's, why we're, that's why we have to wear masks. Even if you've been vaccinated, you could be vaccinated twice. You could have had it as well. But you should still wear a mask because we want to keep people safe because you could transmit the virus. As an American citizen, I have to mask up. But these people walking across the border with God knows what beside it could be COVID, Ebola, who knows, tuberculosis, coming across the border and your tax dollars paying to ship them all over the country and nobody worries about who they're infecting. So color me skeptical when I hear that I'm doing this to keep other people safe. Mm. I don't know. I scratch my head on this one and go, a little weird. They seem to be controlling one group of people and not another. And who are they controlling? The people in this country legally. And it makes me wonder, are they scaring us? And maybe they're not. But for me, it undermines the message. Uh, Here's something else that underlines the message. This is Jen Psaki, cut to Eric. Jen Psaki at the White House talking now about lockdowns again. We've been clear we're not going back to the shutdowns of March of 2020. Uh, We are not going back to the economy shutting down. We've made too much progress. Too many people are vaccinated. There's been too much progress on the economic front. But again, uh, he has said from the beginning that we are going to be guided by the science, guided by our public health experts, and we're not going to take options off the table of what they may recommend. So we're never going to lock down again, but dot, dot, dot. And remember the numbers that we went over with uh, Dr. uh, Excuse me, with uh, Dr. Neshwat was that, you know, 0.1% of people who have been vaccinated have gotten the Delta variant, 0.1. And out of that, 0.001% have died. But we're going to be guided by the science. Which science is that? The science that we had yesterday or the science that you're telling me about today? 866-408-7669 is the number. I swear this is why people are punching each other on airplanes because people are just have just had it. Uh, Brett in Virginia, you're on the Brian Kilmeade show. Hi, Brett. Hey, good morning. I appreciate the conversation you had. It was sane for a change, but it was still exactly 
the same conversation. I understand you're frustrated, you sweet little thing. I get it. I'm going to pat you on the head. Just do what we keep telling you because it's your duty to protect other people. No, it's not. I'm recovered. I'm vaccinated. I am Superman with antibodies. I've got to live my life. And others don't want to, then they don't have to. They can take the, ch- take the chance and make the choice. It's your body, your choice until it comes to an experimental vaccine. It's so and it's funny. It's so incredibly frustrating. Yeah, when, when you said I've had, you've had COVID and you've had, been vaccinated. So were you vaccinated before or after you had COVID? Oh, after. Okay, so you. Yeah. Okay, so you got vaccinated, uh, you had COVID, and then you got vaccinated. Here's the thing, get in line, because you're going to need another vaccine, because uh, depending on how long ago that you got the last vaccine. And, and that's what's so frustrating is there's no timetable. There's no even acknowledgement that this might somehow go away. Even your guests being sane, but God love her, how patronizing. This is going to be with us forever. And that was the greatest fear that a lot of us had out here in you know, purple Virginia, was they're just not going to let this go. And they're not. And the only way we're going to get close to normal is the midterms or here in the Commonwealth. We vote in November. If the Democrats get thrown out, this might change. But this is all political decisions now. This is not about health, and it hasn't been for a long time. Again, to me, it's not about health because of what's happening at the southern border. And this is how the Delta and the Lambda variants have gotten into this country. So please stop telling me that I have to change my life because you refuse to enforce the law. That that to me, and and you you want to hold me, an American citizen, to a higher standard than you do to someone who's walking across this border um, illegally. But I do think it's going to be with us forever. It's a virus. So it is going to be with us forever, just like flu viruses, and it's going to mutate and so on and so on, and some are going to be more deadly than others. But we have to learn how to live with it. We don't shut down our country because there's a bad strain of the flu. If it's in a school, you might shut down the school for you know a week or something along those lines, but that's it, and, that, and that's it. Thank you so much, Brett. I appreciate you uh, kicking it off. And by the way, try to get your friends to vote in for, for governor of that state because – I, I just see McAuliffe winning again based on name recognition alone. Speaking of schools, here's Randy Weingarten, you know, the head of the teachers union, talking about, you know, because she gets to decide whether your kids go back to school or not. So that question was asked. We see the Delta variant being very transmissible. And so that's why what masks do is masks stop transmission. So universal masking is going to be very helpful to keep kids safe, to keep the unvaccinated safe, and to keep schools open. So this is like a mask, stop the transmission. Those little paper masks that you're wearing, unless it is form-fitted to your face, is what they're going to do is they're going to stop a big sneeze. That's what they're going to do. That's it. And and the, and if someone sneezes directly on you, it'll help filter it out. But the 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 droplets, the virus is is going to get through that. That's why you see the doctors wearing the N95s and the guards and the whole bit. They're not wearing those little masks. And I want to ask you because she said, you know, it's and it's to keep the unvaccinated safe. It's to keep the schools open. So she said, well, yeah, well, this is to keep the schools open because she has the power for whatever reason to keep your kids out of school. And I want to know if you're okay with your kids being masked up in school. It sounds like that's what the teachers union is going to demand again this time around. 
and they're starting to drop the little breadcrumbs that, oh, yeah, well, you know, your little darlings may not be in school again. I don't know if I would want my kid going to school masked up again. I don't know if my kids would want to do that. All right, I'm, I'm going to take Frank here in just a second here. Frank, 866-408-7669. Quick break, and then back to more of your calls on The Brian Kilmeade Show. There's no topic he won't touch, and there's no opinion he won't engage. It's one of the great joys of my life. Call in with yours at 866-408-7669. It's The Brian Kilmeade Show. Fox Nation presents podcasts, Women of the Bible Speak. I'm Shannon Bream, host of Fox News at Night and author of the new book, Women of the Bible Speak, the wisdom of 16 women and their lessons for today. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, foxnewspodcast.com, or wherever you download your podcasts. Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Person's individual, individual decision to not wear a mask not only impacts them, because if they get infected, even though they say it's my decision, if I get infected, I'll worry about that. But the fact is, if you get infected, even if you are without symptoms, you very well may infect another person who may be vulnerable, who may get seriously ill. So in essence, you are encroaching on their individual rights because you're making them vulnerable. Ooh, now do abortion, Dr. Fauci. Let's talk about, uh, you know, my body, my choice. Um, just talking about the, the ridiculousness, of the, I guess the, the patchwork of science that we're supposed to live our lives by. You've got the federal layer, then you've got the state layer, then you may have a county and a town layer. And now you've got that New York is going to require proof of vaccination if you want to eat indoors in a restaurant and if you want to go to the gym. And they're going to provide, they are going to, um, they're creating a health pass called Key to New York City Pass and to provide proof of vaccination for workers and customers at indoor dining, gyms, entertainment, and performances. I think this just kills the restaurant industry in New York, especially in the winter. Uh, I don't know how often these people can go out to dinner who are all vaccinated when it's about, what, 50% at best? 866-408-7669. And remember, the COVID doesn't get you if you're sitting down in a restaurant. I learned that last year. Let's go to Frank in New Jersey listening on WABC. Frank, you're on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hi. Hello, Mary. You know what? Uh, I, I used to agree with you in the throwback years when you worked in um, Somerset, 100%. But you know what? Today, I disagree with you 100%. You met your match. You're going to find out that I'm almost as smart as you. Here's the thing there. If I go to shop, I got my shots. My wife didn't get her shots. If I go to shop right and I catch COVID and I give my wife and she's a few years older than you. If I give her the COVID and she dies, gets it and dies, are you going to provide me with a professional girlfriend of yours who's almost as pretty as you to <laughs> marry me and get me through the rest of my life? Uh, <laughs> let me see. I may have a couple that I don't like that I'd be willing to throw in front of the bus. Yeah, I don't care. But I'm, I'm, I'm wearing my darn mask because my wife didn't get the thing. And she's a school teacher, too. So but I see want the, the kids but, wait, wearing but, it. 
but let's talk about this on a serious note. That's her choice. And she made that decision. And it's not you bringing it home. If she chooses to go to the grocery store and wear a mask or not wear a mask, she, I would assume that despite marrying you, she's an intelligent woman. <laughs> I'm kidding. And she's making that decision knowingly and knowing what the risks are. And she's chosen to take those risks. If she doesn't have comorbidities, there are a lot of people I know who don't have comorbidities who are saying, you know what? I'd rather just get the virus and get the natural immunity and be done with it. And, and now they're saying, you know, of course, well, that's not good enough. But I think a lot of people feel that that's the way that they want to go if they don't have the comorbidities. So why not allow them to make that choice? We're talking about the masks and not the uh, vaccination, actually. But you know what, Mayor? How about uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a Trump guy. I'm a d- deep Republican. How about Herman Cain? He ran for president. He was my favorite. And you know where I'm from, you know, Middlesex. And by the time we get to the um, primaries, the preliminaries and the thing, it's over. He right. was my man, my 999 pal. And he went out to Trump stuff. He he went out and, you know, lived life and he got COVID and he died. What did his money do? What good did his money do him? He's six feet under. He got more money than all you um, talk show people on Fox and the radio and everything. You're all saying no mask, no mask, go out. I disagree with the Republicans on that 100%. Right. Frank, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I and, and listen, I'm a big fan. This is not a, you know, corporate line or anything like that. I, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not a Fox employee and, and I don't think there's a corporate line at all, but I do believe that there is a certain attitude of freedom of choice, freedom of opinion, that you don't have to all walk lockstep. Isn't that what being an American is about? You know, um, I, I would never want to see vaccines mandated in this country. Now, if you have a private business and you don't want to allow people into your establishment without their COVID vaccine or their measles vaccine, and measles is incredibly contagious. I think we should be asking people about that as well. If you're worried about people getting sick, measles is highly contagious. But but again, your wife, if she hasn't gotten the vaccine, that is her choice. And she knows the risks that she's taken. Herman Cain had comorbidities. If you have comorbidities, whether it's age or weight, obesity, the number one comorbidity, well, age is number one, but number two, obesity. Again, 80% of people who wound up hospitalized who had COVID were obese because with obesity comes hypertension and and diabetes and all those other things. That was one of the greatest indicators of, of being hospitalized. You know, if you're in, if you're educated about the risks and that is the choice you want to make, I'm a big fan of you do you. I'll do me. And let's go on. Let's go to Anthony, Arizona. Anthony, you're on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hi. Hi there. Yes, I, I would wait that um, passport. I don't think it'll last very long because 90, 40% of the people that did get the vaccine are the senior citizens and people in group homes. So they're really financially not the ones that are going to be going to movies, theaters, malls, and uh, dinner. And so the, the other 60% are us that don't want the shot. That have money, and and so the industry gonna overrun, throw the government out, because they're all gonna lose their businesses and and the theaters and the malls. They're gonna go bankrupt if we don't uh, go out there and and uh, shop without our face mask. It's ridiculous. I I I'm I have antibiotics. I've been on cotter. Um, I've been on the Roxy Chloroquine for four years. My girlfriend had the virus. I slept right next to her. 
I didn't even get a cough for two weeks. Um, this was in dead, uh, January and February of 2020. So, I mean, I'm healthy. I take care of myself. I'm 62 years old. I haven't had a cold in nine years or a flu in 15 years. So, I mean, this is just really ridiculous. So let them go with this um, passport. A lot of these businesses are going to fail or say forget it. Yeah, and then in California, I believe it was California, there was a guy who had um, a restaurant that obviously was very tongue-in-cheek where if you've been vaccinated, you, you had to prove that you hadn't been vaccinated, which obviously you can't prove. But, you know, he was he was trying to prove a point there. Uh, and listen, again, you, you're a healthy guy. You said, I'm comfortable not getting it. Okay, I'm comfortable with you making that decision for your health, as I think most of us should be comfortable with someone making that decision and not the government making it for them, especially when it comes to something that we're all going to have to learn to live with. In Westchester, New York, Rob listening on the app, you are on the Brian Kilmeade show. We have about uh, a minute here or so. Okay. Well, I think I think we wear masks forever. And the reason is, unless we close the border down from people going in, going out, or going on vacation overseas, coming back, you can vaccinate 100% of the people. You can vaccinate the babies as soon as they're born. It won't matter because a new variant from over there will infect someone with COVID that'll come back to the United States and they'll give it to us. I mean, I had COVID twice. And first twice? time it wasn't bad, it was like flu. Twice. I had it December 19. And then December 2020, I got it again. I was in the hospital for 10 days and on oxygen at home for a month or two. And I'm not 100%. I'm back to work. But I'm still not vaccinated. And I won't get the vaccine. And people tell me that I'm crazy. You're a Trump supporter. And I tell them it's not about Trump. It's about what they're telling us. It's about what they're avoiding telling us. It's about the lying to us. It's not Trump supporters because I know a lot of Democrats didn't get it. But people just assume it. It's not that. It's that we don't trust the government what they're telling us. If they were honest and transparent, a lot more people would get the vaccine. You know, that is that is a great point. And you are like some kind of, I don't know, a superhuman. <laughs> it's twice. My goodness. Uh, but I think that that was the point of this conversation is the hypocrisy, the miscommunication and and, the, you know, with the science changing from day to day. And I realize it's a new disease, so I get it. But I think that that makes a lot of people question what we're being told by the government. Allow us to make that decision. You're listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. Living the Bream is a podcast hosted by Fox News Channel's Shannon Bream, sharing inspirational stories, personal anecdotes, and an insider's perspective on actions and rulings from the high court. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. From the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach, it's Brian Kilmeade. Yep, sitting in for Brian Kilmeade again today. And happy to welcome Andrew Stoltman. He is from Northwestern University. He's an adjunct law professor there. Follow him on Twitter at Stoltman with two N's, 1971. Andrew Stoltman, thank you for joining me on the Brian Kilmeade Show. How are you? I'm well, Mary. Happy to be back. I have so many questions for you. Are you ready for this? I am ready. Fire away. Okay. All right. (laughs) The DOJ on Friday said that uh, President Trump's tax returns 
must be released by the IRS to the House Ways and Means Committee. Uh, this originally had, originally the DOJ said no. Um, they said that the committee lacked legitimate justification for reviewing his tax returns for his, for his not just him, but also for eight of his businesses. Six years of his personal tax returns, six years of returns for eight of his businesses. Is this illegal? And if so, how is this legal? Well, it is legal, and unfortunately, I think we are seeing classic game playing. I think most of us always think of the Department of Justice as kind of this independent body, but of course it isn't. You have Merrick Garland, now the head of the DOJ, and you have Dawn Johnson, who is a political appointee by Biden, basically signing off on this. So, look, the DOJ has been used as the president's tool to carry out his or her, you know, uh, uh, underhanded tactics ever since JFK had RFK in the position. So, yes, the DOJ is going to order and has ordered the IRS to turn these documents over. And I don't think the IRS has any option but to do it. So but let me ask you, I thought you have to like, is there a crime that he's being charged with or do they have the man and they're looking for the crime? And I didn't think that was legal. Yeah, you know, it, it, look, it's clearly a fishing expedition. But when you have politicians like Nancy Pelosi claiming these records are of national security importance, the extent that uh, judges and courts can review it are extraordinarily limited. Now, Mary, remember, uh, the Manhattan's DA, Cyrus Vance, already has these tax returns. And Trump went to the Supreme Court and said, hey, look, this is a fishing expedition. And the Supreme, and the Supreme Court said, hey, turn them over. So I think Trump's hands are tied, and more importantly, I think the IRS hands are tied, even though everybody or virtually everybody agrees this is a fishing expedition. And it's it's just so scary because, again, you, you know, we, uh, give me the man and I'll find the crime. And that, yeah. to me, is, is exactly what is happening here. And I can't believe this is happening in, in America. I thought, you know, it, because the other thing, too, yeah. if there was something in Trump's tax returns, are we all going to sit here and pretend that it wouldn't have been leaked by now? Well, yeah, you know, you're right. And I guess it's the old adage that cops love to say that if I fo- follow you for 100 miles, I'm going to find something you did wrong. And I think most of us feel, hey, look, if you are aware of a crime, then okay. But what you can't do, or at least shouldn't be able to do, is just send your lure out there, reel away, and look for something. And there are many people who think that is precisely what the IRS is, or more specifically, the Department of Justice, and more specifically, Congress, are doing with this. And that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, it this this to me and it's going to be leaked all over everywhere. Everywhere we're yes. going to see uh Trump's tax returns and no one will be held accountable because it's been done in the past and whoever, you know, low-level staffer in Detroit and nobody winds up being charged with any of this. So, it's Mary, it's Mary, don't forget the ProPublica report that came out what about 6 weeks ago that leaked the tax returns of the 25 wealthiest people in America. Oh, that's right. I mean, ob- obviously the IRS has huge huge leaks. Democrats don't care. So, you know, once these documents are secured, they're going to be leaked. No question. 
Yeah, this is this is not good. Um, Secretary of State for Georgia, uh, Brad Raffensperger, has filed a motion to dismiss a DOJ lawsuit against Georgia's election laws. You know, this this new election law that they're putting in SB 202, uh, the Justice Department um, has filed a lawsuit against them trying to stop them from putting this law in. Uh, Clearly, Merrick Garland is going to hit every Republican state because he has a big access to grind with Republicans. But there are things that are in this law that provide more freedom that are in voting than in some Democrat states. So this, they're just going to have to fight this and they win, right? Yeah, it's going to be a long slog. And you really hit the nail on the head. For Merrick Garland at the DOJ to, 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 to Biden with the attacks that Republicans made on his son, I mean, all of this stuff is political in nature. And so now the chickens have come home to roost. Garland is going to go state by state and try to get these laws overturned. And, uh, you know, we'll see what the federal courts end up deciding on all of these issues. And may I just say here as an editorial note, the attacks on Biden's son are pretty merited, right? Like the, he's he's I, I, I want to see his tax returns. That's what I want to see. I want to see Hunter Biden's tax returns. Now, Mary, let's not get catty. Remember, Hunter Biden is a amazing artist, and That's he right. needs to be treated with kid gloves, okay? So he is off limits, uh, apparently. So, look, the whole thing is a kabuki theater. We all know what's going on. Payback is a you-know-what. Biden's trying to get it for the attacks on his son. Gar- Garland's trying to do it with respect to payback on the Republicans for blocking him from the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, this is all very transparent if you peel the onion one layer. Yeah. And the fact that hun- that uh, Hunter Biden works with a straw to do his artwork, but instead of, you know, <laughs> sniffing in with it, he blows the ink out with it. Um, the irony in that one is not lost either on most people. The jokes wrote themselves on Twitter when it came to that. Um, <laughs> let's 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 stay with the DOJ. Um, you know, they say they have signaled now that they might sue states who are going to return their voting rules back to the pre-pandemic rules. Remember, we had a whole bunch of secretaries of states and and election heads and governors who just rewrote the state's election laws because COVID, which those weren't they didn't go through state legislatures as is required by law. But now the DOJ is saying if you want to return to your pre-COVID laws. You have to get those approved through us first. How can they claim that authority? I think that is a huge, huge issue. I think there are going to be very severe legal challenges to that. Because, look, let's give the, you know, the Democrats the benefit of the doubt for one second and say, related to COVID, we wanted to take reasonable precautions to make certain that you know, people weren't infecting other people at these polling places or whatever, allowing mail-in voting, all these crazy rules that were put into place. But now the COVID, certainly by the time the next presidential election rolls around, will be done. So these rules, these regulations that were put without approval from the state legislatures should be repealed, right? It's just common sense. But the Democrats love these rules. They love these regulations, and they are going to fight tooth and nail to keep these in place. And I think they will face very, very severe legal challenges and likely be struck down. But it's going to take a while, and that's what they're doing. They're playing the long game, knowing that it could take years for these things to make their way through the courts. That's it. And, and I, I think the Democrats' end game is to at least get these procedures in place through the 2022 congressional elections. 
I think that's the key because they know by the time the next presidential election rolls around, they'll be struck down. Right. But by then they will have gotten amnesty and made all these people legal and they figure they'll just give them their welcome to America flag and a voter registration for the Democrat Party. Um, Staying with the elections, um, the DOJ has informed Arizona and a couple of other states that are conducting audits that they have to be careful because of the chain of custody that violates federal law if the chain of custody is broken which I find hilarious because many of these states, the chain of custody was broken on election night and we don't know why and we don't know how. So they want to audit that to find out. But Arizona hired um, Cyber Ninjas, which is a company that um, that was going to take custody of of the ballots, you know, the, the chain of custody. And the, the DOJ is saying you can't do that because they're not the government and so, therefore, it violates the law. They seem to be stepping in now to stop some of these audits. Am, am I wrong with what they're trying to do here? No, I don't think there's any question, because the last thing Democrats want, or really any victor in an election, is the audits to go through. So what a wonderful, wonderful way to block it. Look, our government has outsourced to private companies all across this country very vital, important services. I mean, you need no look uh, look no further than what NASA has done with respect to Elon Musk and these private companies sending spaceships, shuttles into the United States. But now all of a sudden, because the Democrats don't want the onion to be peeled with respect to these elections. Now they're saying, gee, this is a private company and they can't possibly audit. We want the government to do it. I think that's pretty transparent. I think we all know the reason why Democrats are doing that. And, uh, you know, it's just it's silly. I mean, it's game playing. And that's why the faith in our government, especially now, is so darn low. Yeah, but, you know, they're good at it and they make little tiny steps. They may not get everything they want this time, but they've get, they've gotten it. They ask for a mile and they get an inch and they get an inch and they get an inch and they keep doing it over the years and they just slowly wear the system down. And listen, Joe Biden won fair and square. So why not have an audit? What are you afraid of? Yeah, you know, I guess that's probably the best argument. If you legitimately won, then have an audit. And so, right, basically we're seeing incremental pullbacks, and those incremental pullbacks can make a huge, huge difference. We have had presidential elections, uh, including one in the last 10 years, where the president basically was anointed president and became president because of 500 votes in Florida. So any incremental change is absolutely positively crucial, and that's what Democrats, I think, are doing. So one one more, because I, I, we're just so pressed for time, because I have so many things I want to ask you about, because there's just so much going on that just seems to be crazy for me. Very quickly, I want to go to cut five here, Eric. This is the White House COVID-19 response coordinator talking about vaccine mandates. So I think that this requiring of uh, individuals to be vaccinated in order to come back to work or to go back to school uh, is a growing trend and makes a lot of sense, given that we're going to beat this pandemic by getting more and more people vaccinated. There are a lot of people that don't like this and don't feel that it should be legal. Is it legal? 
It is legal, Mary, and these, especially the states are given extremely broad police powers to maintain the health of their state. There are cases that go all the way back to 1905 from the U.S. Supreme Court that says if there are legitimate reasons, legitimate health and protection reasons why you are mandating vaccines, it's legal, it's okay, and they can do it. So there are going to be a tsunami of legal challenges related to all of this stuff, but I, I you know, I, I just think it's going to be really, really hard, given the on-point case law from the U.S. Supreme Court uh, and getting these things struck down. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, it's the inconsistency, though, is what strikes me, because, you know, measles is incredibly contagious, very highly contagious. But I've never worked for an employer who demanded my measles vaccine proof. No, you know, you're right. But the problem is that Jacob's uh, case, going back to 1905 from the U.S. Supreme Court, literally covered measles. And it okayed a state that was fining people that uh, were basically requiring people to get a vaccine. If they didn't, they were going to get fined. The Supreme Court said that's okay. So I think everything we're seeing from Indiana University requiring uh, vaccines to Biden ordering federal workers to get it, California, same thing. I think all of that is legally at least going to be upheld. And so, and then just one more question about that, because again, this just rubs me. I, I just hate this authoritarian approach to everything lately. So I think I'm just having a personal crisis. Um, <laughs> I get yeah, it. You know what we've been talking about? You know, you know, yet the the same administration that's going to force me as a citizen to get a vaccine is. I, welcoming people across the border from over 150 countries, no IDs, allowing them to get on a plane without an ID, but forcing me to get an ID. They don't get COVID tests. They don't get tests for anything, for any kind of health condition. With 24 hours, my taxpayer dollars ship these people all over the country, and they're not held to the same standard that I am as a citizen. And and that's the part that I think really rubs people the wrong way. And they sit there and go, how is any of this legal? Yeah, Mary, look, I agree with you, and I think the ultimate solution is going to be at the ballot box in 2022 and 2024. I mean, all these policies that Democrats are jamming down our throats, it's a huge issue. Even the defund the police, right, with now crime surging. I mean, all of these things, the chickens will come home to roost. But Uh at least I think legally the Democrats are in firm ground to do this. The question is whether they will pay the price at the ballot box in the next two elections. Yeah. Okay. And you're going to call me after, you know, the next day. Sure. Um, <laughs> promise me everything. Just in 30 seconds, because Eric's yelling at me in 30 seconds, uh, the Biden administration is saying that you're, we're not enforcing the law at the border. That's illegal, right? Because he can't, can he just rewrite law that Congress has passed or say, we're not going to enact a law that Congress has passed. No, he has to do it legislatively. This isn't a dictatorship. He can't just dictate what he wants and have everybody carry it out. So he's got a huge legal problem on that issue. All right. Thank you. I feel a little bit better about that. Andrew Stoltman, Northwest adjunct law professor. Find him on Twitter at Stoltman with two N's, 1971. Thank you for joining me on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Anytime, Mary. Thank you. Talk to you soon. 866-408-7669. Would you like to comment on anything you had that you heard here? So it looks like if your employer says, hey, no jab, no job, do you stay? Do you go? Record number of Americans are walking away from their jobs because they don't want to go back to commuting. They want to continue to work from home. They decided they don't like their job or they don't want to get the vaccine. 866-408-7669. Your call is coming up on The Brian Kilmeade Show. 
Listen and pick up on some things you didn't know before. You're with Brian Kilmeade. It's the Hammer Time Podcast. Fox News Channel's Bill Hammer takes you one-on-one with engaging personalities covering the critical issues of the day. Find Hammer Time now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. The fastest three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade. The independent investigation has concluded that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women and in doing so violated federal and state law. Specifically, the investigation found that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed current and former New York State employees by engaging in unwelcome and non-consensual touching and making numerous offensive comments of a suggestive and sexual nature that created a hostile work environment for women. Yeah, breaking news. The independent investigators appointed by New York Attorney General Letitia James, that was her that you just heard, uh, released just released their report into the allegations of sexual harassment by New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. They took about five months of investigation. They concluded, as you heard, that he did sexually harass multiple women, including current and former state employees. Uh, She said unwanted touching, kissing, groping, hugging, inappropriate comments. Further, the governor and his senior staff took actions to retaliate against at least one former employee for coming forward with her story. And they say the executive chamber fostered a toxic workplace that enabled harassment to occur and created a hostile work environment. They found that the governor's actions and those of the executive chamber violated multiple state and federal laws, as well as the executive chamber's own written policies. And it's like I'm psychic. I've been saying all along that if Governor Cuomo goes down, because he, he's a liability for, for the Democrat Party in New York. He just is. He's a liability at this point, and they were going to take him out, just like they're going to take, take Joe Biden out. They're going to take, take him out, and he wasn't going to go down on the nursing home deaths. Notice that he was cleared of any wrongdoing. So were all the Democrat governors. They were going to take him down on that, because if they did, they would have to go after Murphy and Wolf and Whitmer, the other Democrat governors who followed his lead, that they were going to come and get him on the sexual harassment charges. Bingo. Your call's next on The Brian Kilmeade Show. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, publisher of The Federalist, and I'm inviting you to join a new conversation with the smartest thinkers out there about the country and where we're going. Subscribe to The Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Vice President Kamala Harris has the lowest approval of any vice president since the 70s. Where do you think this is coming from? What is different about her that we haven't seen before? What could it be? Oh, that's right. She's a woman and she's black. It's not surprising because it is all about race and gender, right? As Joy, as Joy mentioned, what's different about this one? What is different about this particular vice president? Okay, that's the yapping answers on The View. And, of course, it, it couldn't be because of this. Here, here's Kamala Harris. Remember, do you remember this being asked about the border? Maybe this is why. Do you have plans to visit the border? Uh, um... Not today. <laughs> We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. 
I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I mean, I don't know. I've said I'm going to go to the border. And I, when are you going to the border, the Vice President? The administration has asked. I'm not finished. <laughs> I've said I'm going to the border. Maybe it's because she's just unlikable and incompetent. Maybe that's why. Maybe it has nothing to do with the fact that she, she gets her pantsuits at the same store as, as Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton. Maybe it has nothing to do with that. Maybe, maybe it really has nothing to do with her skin color. Maybe America isn't as racist as the Yapinantes want you to think America is. Maybe it's because America sees her her, her inability to handle what she's supposed to be handling, the quote-unquote crisis at the border, which honestly you and I could solve in an, in an hour lunch and use waiting for the appetizers and the time it to, to solve the border crisis. That's how easy the border crisis is to solve. And her dismissiveness, she's not a likable person. And I know people say, oh, women have to be likable. If not, they're judged harsher than men. Yes, I do think that's true. But let's face it, if you're going to be a snake, you might as well be a charming one. Barack Obama knew that. He was very charming. Everybody wanted to have a beer with Barack Obama. Nobody wants to have a drink with Kamala Harris. Nobody. I would. There were a lot of people who would be like a bear in a trap and would chew their own leg off to avoid having to have a drink with Kamala Harris. That's why she is one of the least popular presidents since the 1970s. Vice President Pence had better ratings than she did. And the left hated him just because he was associated with Trump. But Pence was kind of like a likable guy. He's very vanilla. He was what a vice president is supposed to be. She's dismissive. She's rude. She laughs at you very, dis- again, dismissively. Nobody likes that. It's it, this is why it had nothing to do with this. A recent that so that that is a Gallup poll. Forty two point one percent. Excuse me. Two polls showed forty six percent of Americans approve of her, but forty eight percent disapprove. At least um, for Pence. Let's see. Biden had an approval when he was vice president, had an approval rating above 50 percent because Joe Biden was kind of like your grandfather was like, old Joe, ho, ho, he's just a gaff machine. And everybody laughed at him because it was amusing because he wasn't the president. So you could just laugh at him, stumble and fumble and bumble his way, you know, through life. And that was amusing again because he wasn't president. Um, Dick Cheney, Al Gore were in the 60s of 7% approval. Dan Quayle had an approval rating of 43%. According to Gallup, Mike Pence's performance at the same time had a 40, basically 42% disapproval. She's got 48% disapproval. Now you're now the yapping answers want you to believe that that's because he's a white male and America's a racist country. I don't know, maybe most of America is just conscious. And for her to have a 48% disapproval rating, that's not just Republicans. And it's not just men. And it's not just white people. But I don't watch The View because they're brilliant. Actually, I don't watch The View at all because when I do watch it, I actually feel myself getting dumber. And at this stage of the game, I can't afford that. I've got to hold on to whatever sanity uh, I have. 
866-408-7669 if you would like to comment on that. Uh, we've also been talking a lot about mask mandates because we also find out this morning, in addition to Governor Cuomo's problems now with the independent investigators in New York State releasing their report and concluding that Governor Cuomo did sexually harass multiple women and created a toxic work environment. This is a big deal. This is a bombshell. And I've always said they were never going to take him out on the COVID deaths and, and killing off your grandma. was never going to do that because too many other Democrat um, governors did the same thing. But they could take him out based on the sexual harassment. Because they were call, all called member hypocrites for what happened to me too. What happened to all that? Because the Democrats ignored it. So now they could say, look what we're doing. You know, we're taking out one of our own because we believe women and they can, you know, run to the moral high ground. So it looks like he's not going to get that that next term. Uh, but we've also been talking about the mask mandates. We talked about that this morning as well, with uh, New York now saying that they are going to require proof of vaccination in order to dine indoors, to go to attend a um any kind of internal indoor event, like going to the gym or going to see some kind of entertainment venue. If you want to go to Broadway, you have to prove that you've been vaccinated, which God bless you if you can afford to go to Broadway. Uh, concerts, indoor performances, those types of things. And the, I guess just the the ridiculousness that swirls around and the confusion that swirls around uh, all of this. Let's go uh, 866-408-7669. Let's head to uh, Florida, Shepherd. You're on the Brian Kilmeade show. You want to talk about uh, Kamala Harris? I just wanted to say, you know, back when Hillary was running for president and I voiced my opposition to her. And I, and by the way, I was convinced she would be elected. But that's mm-hmm. another story. Yeah. People said to me, what's the matter? You have a problem with a woman president? I said, no, I have no problem with a woman president. Just not that woman. Very simply put, I was for equality long before equality was cool. Now, I'm a retired auto mechanic. When I took auto mechanics in high school and in trade school, I had girls in my class that could sling wrenches with the best of us. I'm simply saying, I don't care if what gender you are, what color you are, what religion you practice, who you sleep with, I don't care. It is simply put that... If you can do the job, that is all I care about. Later on, I moved into building fire trucks and custom vehicles. I didn't care what what you were or anything like that. When uh, I just never forgot when that fire truck or ambulance was screaming down the road to save someone's life, no one's going to be thinking, gee, was that fire truck built by an ethnically diverse workforce? Was it built by a... (laughs) Was that fire truck built by a sexually diverse workforce? Nobody cares. But I would support a woman president if I found a candidate, a female candidate who I thought was qualified. And see, that's the problem with Kamala Harris. Joe Biden made it quite clear that he was only going to consider a female and he was only going to consider a female of color for his vice president. She is basically the first affirmative action president or vice president, right? She was chosen for her exterior qualities, not because she was capable. Remember, Kamala Harris never made it. She was so unpopular, she didn't make it to the Iowa caucuses. 
And yet now she's sitting in the vice presidency proving why she didn't make it to the, to the caucuses. She's not capable of doing the job. She's incapable. And we're at the point now where I think the Democrats are panicking because they know they want to take, listen, they want a 25th Amendment Biden. He was just their tool for getting in the White House, right? They didn't care who it was. They, and they just weakened and burned his body across the door in, into the Oval Office. And that's all they needed to do. And they figure two years into it, we 25th Amendment him, we have his vice president take over. The vice president goes for two years and then can get be reelected for two more terms because you can't run for more than 10. To me, that was the game plan all along. I don't think they can. They expected Kamala Harris to be so spectacularly incapable. And now they got a problem. Now they have a problem on their hands. What to do now? Because they can't put Kamala Harris in. She's so wildly unpopular and so insanely incapable. Now that I don't think will stop them. I think they'll do it anyway because that's who they are. But it's going to be a problem for them. And I think they're going to have a problem with her getting reelected. That plan ends there. But by then, they'll have such a grip on power and such one-party rule, pretty much what I think they're banking on, that... um, that, that they don't care. It doesn't matter to them whether she's unlikable, capable, or anything else. Because if you think that Joe Biden's running this show, think again. I don't think Joe Biden's making a decision. I think they put the things in front of him. Joe Biden takes the big boy pen and, you know, signs where they tell him to sign. And, and, and that's the game that's being played right now. All right, coming up. Who does not love the Muppets? I love the Muppets. You love the Muppets. I remember, remember the Muppet show that used to come on at night? I think back in the 80s it was. The Muppet show would come on and you have all like Elton John and all these cool celebrities would come on. We all loved that. I've loved the Muppet movies. movies. Well, I have something else for you from the Muppets you are going to love. And we like to, you know, like, like to put the end of the hour on a fun note. You're not going to want to miss this. Educating, entertaining, enlightening. You're with Brian Kilmeade. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade. I'm Mary Walter in for Brian Kilmeade. Uh, I have to talk about the Muppets. I, I just have to. And I have to say, I'm really glad I don't have young kids right now. I truly am because as a parent, man, it's it's like playing whack-a-mole with the stuff your kids are exposed to on a daily basis. And part of that is, you know, the parent's fault because I know too many parents who just throw a screen in front of their kids, you know, when they're crying in the stroller. I've seen it over and over again. These kids in a grocery cart with a, with a screen, they're in their stroller with a screen. As soon as they're old enough to hold it there, you know, that's what mom and dad give them in order to keep them quiet. But you have to be concerned with what your kids are consuming. And if the pandemic taught us nothing, it taught us that. How many parents had no clue what their kids were learning in school, let alone what they're watching on their TV in their room? You know, how many kids have a TV in their room? Do you really know what they're watching at night? How many of them have a computer? Do you know what they're doing at two o'clock in the morning on the computer? Probably not. Or on their phones at two o'clock in the morning? Um, so it's tough as a parent now. You have to really, you know, collect the phones at night, you know, make sure, you know, net nannies and all this other stuff. So here's another reason why. Um, Muppet Babies is a series, a Disney-owned series, and it's targeted to kids age four to seven. Muppet Babies, and they're cute little CGI, you know, little versions of Kermit and Miss Piggy and Gonzo and the whole rest of them. 
Well, there is an episode called Gonzorilla, and um, it has um, they're going to a royal ball in this in this um, this episode in Gonzorilla. So here are the Muppet Babies with Gonzo talking about going to this royal ball and what he wants to wear. Wow. Get a load of that dress. I'd love to wear a dress like that to your royal ball. But Gonzo, Piggy and I are the princesses. We wear the dresses. That's right. According to the royal handbook, the girls come as princesses and the boys come as knights. Oh, right. Aw, uh, don't worry, Gonzo. We're going to have a great time being knights. Fabulous. Summer and I are off to pick out our dresses. <laughs> we better get ready, too. Forward, fellow knights. Huzzah! Huzzah. So that was Summer and Miss Piggy, the little baby baby versions of their uh, adult Muppet characters. And so what this turns into is Rizzo, the rat that you heard there, becomes the fairy rat father. And he goes on a mission to help Gonzo, you know, get to the ball. Uh, be, but not just get to the ball like Cinderella. He gets to go to the ball the way he wants to go to the ball. Now... The uh, executive producer for this show is Tom Warburton, and he said very early on we wanted to do an episode where Gonzo just showed up to the playroom wearing a skirt, and it was no big deal. No one cared or questioned it because Gonzo is always 200% Gonzo, 347% of the time. But then story editor, co-producer Robin Brown and her team wanted to take it a step further and do a Cinderella story based on the idea, and it was just so wonderfully Gonzo. We hope he inspires kids watching to be 340% seven of themselves in their own way too so here's gonzo telling everyone what his his dream is there's something i need to tell you the princess who came to your ball tonight was me i'm gonzarella but gonzo why didn't vu tell us because you all expected me to look a certain way i don't want you to be upset with me But I don't want to do things just because that's the way they've always been done, either. I want to be me. Oh, Gonzo, we're sorry. It wasn't very nice of us to tell you what to wear to our ball. You're our friend, and we love you any way you are. Wow, mixed emotions on this one. (laughs) I have real mixed emotions on this. I, you know, I have a a brother who shall remain nameless because if I name which one it is, he'll kill me. When he was a kid, he had this stuffed doll. He had a a bear, like a teddy bear, and he wanted clothes for it and everything else. And boys, little boys love to go into their mom's closet and wear her, you know, her shoes. My brothers did it. And my father was like, we're taking the doll away from the kid. And my mother's like, no, let him, let him do his thing. He'll grow out of it. He's learning how to be, you know, caring for, for a baby. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. He sees you be caring, you know, with his, with the kids, with his, you know, brothers and sisters. And, and, and so it's okay. He's going to be, he's going to be a great dad. And, um, and I just draw the line with kids with letting them decide that I'm going to, you know, they're six years old and I'm a girl. And so mom and dad get the kid hormone therapy. That's where I, I kind of draw the line. I don't have a problem with letting your kids be who they want to be, you know, and, and, you know, you support them when they get older. I just don't think we should be instilling this. This is not what, what they're trying to make this out to be, to let your kid be their kid. You know, you be you. This is targeted at four to seven-year-olds. I don't trust this message at all. 
In the show, Gonzo is a sexless puppet in the TV show, and but he's always been recognized and referred to as a boy. And so they wanted him to wear this dress to the royal ball because when Piggy was showing him, you heard her gown. He was like, oh, that's so beautiful. I want to wear a pretty gown too. It's not unusual for boys to you know, want to put on their sister's princess gowns and things like that and play dress up. And, and that's okay. And I think it's good that dads, you know, dress up for their little daughter's tea parties. I think that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But this takes it a step further. Uh, what you didn't hear um, was um, the, the f- piggy, the female pig character, piggy, refers to the unidentified princess as they. She said, we met the most amazing princess, but they ran away and all they left behind was this and shows a shoe. And so the transgender community is praising this by saying the use of the pronoun they, because you shouldn't, uh, instead of he or she, because you shouldn't assume the gender. Now you've taken it a bridge too far for me. Now it's, now you've just, you had to ruin it, right? It just went too far. And of course, now the transgender community is claiming Gonzo uh, is transgender. It's a Muppet. I, I don't, Miss Piggy's clearly a girl. And, and Gonzo's always been a boy just because he does Gonzo type stuff that boys would do. So, so they're just, liberals suck the fun out of everything. Liberals have to ruin everything. And now they're ruining the Muppets. They're nothing is sacred anymore. Just it's it's just out of control, and it's got to be miserable being a liberal. What can I destroy today? I'm Mary Walter. You're listening to the Brian Kilmeade Show. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.